Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have Tracy Litt. She is a mindset coach, spiritual advisor, rapid transformational hypnotherapist, best-selling author, and TEDx speaker. Her company, The Lit Factor, helps high-achieving female leaders and entrepreneurs understand and leverage their personal power. And on today's episode, I'm diving in with her on some of the spiritual aspects of who we are as people, how we can really focus on things being easy and how that's going to impact not only your thoughts, but your potential business growth. I'm excited for you to dive in. I think this is a little bit different than our typical format, but like make it an opportunity to relax and lean in and here's some tangible takeaways for you to really focus on getting more in touch with who you are, your personal self, and making life just a little bit more calm. Hey, Tracy, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to hang out. I'm excited to hang out too. And it's just me today, guys. Emily is off. So, so we're going to talk with Tracy and I I love it because I feel like even though Emily's not here, she's here in spirit because Emily's motto in life is like, how can we keep it fun, easy, and light? Fun, easy, and light. That's what she's always saying to me. And I'm like, stop it. You're annoying because I'm a little more high strung than she is. <laughs> but I know that when I have leaned into it being a little less chaotic and a little more calm, that like amazing things have come out of that season for me. So. Before we jump too much into that, I'd love if you could share a little bit about your background and what you do. Yes. So I am a success mentor for visionary women leaders. I help women leverage and play at the crossroads of neuroscience and quantum law so that they can level themselves up. And in becoming that next level version, you naturally and seamlessly actualize the vision that you've been working towards right? Mm -hmm. So it's really understanding the depth and the breadth of your inner power. And when you really, really get the foundational truth that you are a spiritual being having a human experience, Mm -hmm. and you're willing to play in and out of both of those aspects and know which one to use when, Mm -hmm. it changes the game dramatically. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, what got you into, into this kind of world, like leaning into mindset and spiritual work and all of that, like, usually there's some sort of transformation that happened for you. Yes, 
so many. I think I had 107 lifetimes in this lifetime alone. Sure. You know, it's actually started when I was in my early 20s, but I didn't know it was starting. Before my mother passed, she was heavily into spirituality. She became a spiritual counselor. She held women's groups. She wrote a column called Food for Thought. Had she been alive when like The Secret came out and consciousness, the consciousness awakening was here, she would have been a pioneer in that space. So I, I realized that that was like a real interesting, it, it was seeping in, even though I was like a punky 20 year old. I was like, what is this? This is ridiculous. I don't know what she's doing. What is that crystal? That means nothing to me, mm-hmm. but it was embedding in me regardless. And then I had um, my own journey where I became an unemployed single mother of an eight month old daughter. When I was 28 years old, like we don't wake up to go, oh, I hope I end up with an eight month old and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm alone. But what was interesting about that and what was profound because I was ready for it and I was willing to wake up to the catalyst of it. What I really recognized was I had not honored my worth. I had tried to squeeze round holes into round pegs for far too long. I was tolerating things and allowing things that I wouldn't give a half a second to in the woman that I've become. And in that moment, my higher self really came through to me. And it was like, you're either going to perpetuate what you've been doing and stay a victim of yourself, or you're going to show up differently for that little girl who's crying in her crib while I was crying on the garage floor, literally. And you're going to really understand that you can create your life. Yeah. And I took that initial moment and I ended up climbing the corporate ladder and landed as a VP of human resources, never graduated college and worked my way up and through that. And then I thought I was where I was quote supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Like six mm-hmm. figure job working from home. They loved me. I loved them. All was well. And my soul was dying like actively dying every day. And there was no way that that was going to satiate me. And then I had another moment where she came back again. And basically it felt in my body like you're not willing to get to the end of your life and not having gone for it. And you're going to die anyway. So what are you actually afraid of? Yeah. And I took the leap. And it's been gangbusters ever since then. I think it's interesting that you bring that up. And it's not, it's not something I share very often, but when you are faced with either as I wouldn't say trauma, but I mean, yes, trauma, sometimes trauma, sometimes hardship, sometimes like financial insecurity, when you've gone through some really hard things, or in my case, I thought I was going to die when I was in a five car pileup in 2016 and instead came out with a head injury and my entire life was shifted. But once you've been there, regardless of where there is, once you've been through a significant event, then all of a sudden the fear kind of melts away that like, the what do you have to lose if you've already been to the bottom like okay you survived the first time like you've been broke or you've you've been in chronic pain or you've been through a toxic relationship or you've been through something hard and significant and I think when 
we go through those things, in the moment, it's hard to imagine that life can be so much clearer and so much better and so much less painful. But the ability for it to take the fear out of taking the next step is so transformational. And what a gift that it can be, even if we, those hardships don't always feel nice. <laughs> like, right. Well, well, I think that, well, that speaks to a couple of things. The playing in your spiritual being is to know, like, you know, like, you know, and trust that everything's happening for your highest good, mm-hmm. which does not mean it feels good when it's happening. And I think people get that a little twisted. Right. right. Highest good doesn't mean it feels good, but it means that it's leading you to something greater. Right. And you don't have to have the trauma or the hardship or the triumph. The only truth there is, is that no one's getting out alive. Well, that's true. That That's full stop. So, so if you allow yourself to connect to that moment where you're taking your last breath at the end of your life, you're now like, all right, I'm going to go do that live. All right, I'm going to make that offer. Okay, I'm going to take that vacation. Okay, I'm going to pitch myself on that stage. And you just recognize like, wh- what am I hedging and hiding and censoring for? What a waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most of the time it's not, it's not about hiding from everyone else. It's hiding from yourself because you, it's usually a self-fear, not perpetuated by, not that you might, you might be concerned about what other people might think of you or how they might react to you or all of those other things. It's not that that's not it, but it's the fear is within you. It's within the things that you actually do have the ability to control. And, and sure, you're worried about the consequences and the fallout, but you couldn't control those regardless. So like, why are we so concerned about them? Exactly. Which, which then speaks to why worrying is such a waste. Worrying is such such a a useless behavior. I've spent a lot of my life worrying. I was taught to worry by the best worriers in the book. My my mother and my grandmother were very concerned. My mom's still concerned. She's trying to be less. She's trying to lean into her calmer, more meditative self and praying and all of that. But it's watching her worry my entire childhood definitely led that to be like a common behavior for myself. But the worry doesn't take you anywhere. It doesn't do anything for you. No. And in actual fact, it does the opposite because when you worry, you're focusing on what you don't want. And to understand neuroscientifically and the way that your brain works is it's always going to do what it thinks you want it to do. Right. So if anything, you're upping the ante in the direction that you don't want it to go. Right. Worrying is, it's, it's a, it's a habit of thought is really simply what it is. And it's such a breakable habit of thought. And not only through the way that you change the way you think, but through going back up into your spiritual being, right? So much of our, our worry and our fear and our ego and our concern and our pressurization is an indication that you're being way too human, way too often, right? You need to go spend some more time up here in your spiritual being. And, and what I love about this is that this isn't, you know, woo woo, which I loathe that word. And I I think it needs to be eradicated because it's such a disservice to the fact that scientifically, indisputably, and I'm a data girl, you are an energetic being. Yeah. Full stop. Right. So if you're like, wait a minute, that is the truth. Then I can 
in a beautiful way, give my power up to my spiritual energetic being, knowing that the universe is my safety net, knowing that I'm supported and guided, and that whether what I'm going after nets me exactly what I wanted, or it just nets me a phenomenal life lesson, aren't I winning right. either way? Right. Right. And then the what life, happens like the life lessons never feel great in the moment though. Yes, right. But but the only problem with that is the fact that we think they should. Right. And then you're creating your own upsetness and your own resistance to really shift your belief system into the next level version of yourself is to have a belief system where you know it ha- it's happening for my highest good. So I'm going to stop arguing against, oh, but it feels bad or why does it feel bad? And then you go down what I teach my clients as the rabbit hole of hell. And then you're spinning out in your own low level thinking. And really you just dropped out of a higher level consciousness and you can interrupt your nervous system and rise yourself back up, which is also the energetic frequency that you want to be in to allow things to come towards you and make it easier to get out of the hustle, constant er, grind, white knuckle death grip that so many of us were raised to subscribe to. Right. So why are you so passionate about making things easy and like leaning into that? Because it's totally available for all of us. And it hurts me. Like it makes me sad. When I watch these extraordinary women, and I'm speaking to that specifically because that's who I play with, making it harder than it needs to be. When it's like two steps to the right is Easland, right? So I get passionate because it like it hurts me. It feels like, oh my God, no, 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 stop. Let me just let me just show you something. Let me give you a paradigm you haven't played in. Let me give you an opportunity to experiment with something that's going to change everything for you, right? And, and speak to you in a way where I just love you so hard without needing to know you because you're a woman that's here to make an impact. And what we need more than anything is a different world. Yeah. So how, how do you suggest that we lean into the easiness because I think unfortunately because of the byproduct of the world we were raised in easy implies laziness it implies that you're not doing what you're supposed to that you're not using your time wisely that you're not productive that and I could I could literally keep going for like two hours but like how do you instead give rest the credit it deserves and the space the credit it deserves. Mm, Well, you first recognize that it's going to come upon you via choice or catalyst. (laughs) And I really, really hope you don't wait for the catalyst. I, I unfortunately took the catalyst position. Right. um, And it was incredibly painful. (laughs) My life was like, oh, you want to keep running? You can't. Boom knocking you off your feet like it literally impossible and but being forced to rest was probably the best thing i've ever done for my life and it got me to reprioritize everything everything about the way i run my business everything about how i show up in my life and in my relationships and it taught me what was really important to me so i mean i i agree with her I would definitely say you don't want the catalyst position because it's really it's harder than it needs to be because 
you can make it more of a conscious choice instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so with that being said, right. And you're, you're, you're expressing the proof is in the pudding. You're like, yeah, resting was the best thing I ever did. It was an opportunity to audit my entire, the way that I showed up and what I prioritize and who I was being right. And now the satisfaction you're feeling as a result of that. So you know, the first thing that we get to understand when we're shifting into ease is easy doesn't actually mean do nothing. Right. Ease (laughs) is an energy. Uh It's a way of being. It's a way of living. It's a way of leading. It's a way of responding. Right. So I do a lot of do. I I do. I do. Right. I run a beautiful company and I have three teenage daughters and a husband and a dog and friends and family. And and I very feel very blessed. And, you know, I I get shit done from the energy of ease. I'm spacious when I'm doing things. I slow down. I'm not in a rush. I understand that I'm time right. These are all things. These are paradigms that we get to shift into. I mean, I know you and I in similar spaces, right? In, in our entrepreneurship as, as women, we talk a lot about smashing the patriarchy and nonconformity. Yet, if I was invisible and on your shoulder for a week, I would see you people-pleasing and contortionisting yourself and hustling and feeding into those exact paradigms that you so desperately say you want to break down, right? So we get to look at, okay, it's interesting. These are, this is where these paradigms come from, comes from your, where does hard come from? Comes from our primal wiring to have our brains focus on the problem to keep us alive. Comes from the influence of who raised you, what you observed, you know, the, the, your great grandparents in the great depression and to your grandparents and to your parents, the drip process, right. Of, of behavior and like generational, right. Like if you come from a long line of warriors, you're apt to be a worrier, right? Which is a behavior that affirms the hard. So we look at kind of like familially where that comes from. And then we look at the patriarchy and what that really did from a base understanding of the, our culture is geared towards men being more powerful, which inherently means women are not, right? This is the old messaging. Therefore, we must work exponentially harder to X, Y, Z. So you add those three components and it's like, whoa, that's an interesting storm, (laughs) right? And I think the thing we have to be careful of with that mindset is that like, it would be great to say that we don't always have to work harder but sometimes, and I, I mean, I'm privileged as a white woman, but if, if I were black or Hispanic or any other race or had other things stacked against me, we can't ignore that some people genuinely have to work harder to get the same results. But that, that doesn't, and I think the thing you're trying to say here is that even if that's true, it doesn't have to always come from this place of scarcity and that like it can come from a place of it is available to you and it it will take time. And, you know, when some people start and they're starting below the line, like they have a negative net worth when they're, they're coming out of college or, or maybe they didn't even be able to afford to go to school. And so like they're fighting against everything that was stacked against them 
of course we think we have to work so hard. And and it's and I think the to your point, it's not that you don't have to do it. You do do many things. But as I've grown up and definitely evolved as an entrepreneur, I found that instead of leading with doing, I'm leading with being first. And when you lead with being, which I know many of our listeners do, whether they want to or not, I think many of them do it to their detriment. They can't do because they're in the wrong headspace to even get started. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. if we become more aware and create that awareness level that we can really start to focus on what we want and how we do want to show up. And, you know, there's some people that literally, if they were like as calm and chill as you are, like that would also drive them batty. So like they have to like, not really, it would drive them batty because their cellular system is so unfamiliar to calmness. Yeah. And your mind body is fighting to keep you the same at all costs. So then it starts to drive thoughts like, no, this is weird. This is uncomfortable. And this is, this is scary when in actual fact, it's actually the art of change. Mm -hmm. Right. And to kind of go back to what you were saying, the, the understanding that it was made harder is important so that we can recognize why our inner environment, that's what I'm getting at. Your inner environment is, I'm, uh, right now, I'm squeezing and white knuckling my fingers. Right, your inner environment is tight and constricted because of those variables that led to this. It's hard, or it's harder. Right, indisputably, there are things that are harder. Your inner environment doesn't have to match that challenge. Right. I mean, this, that's the point I'm making. Yeah. Because then what you're actually doing mm-hmm. is going against yourself mm-hmm. and making it that much harder. Right. Yeah. You, you become a part of the problem instead of a part of the solution. Right. For yourself. Right. You have full agency over your inner environment. It does not matter what is externally going on around you. I mean, you read The Choice by Edith Edgar, who was, you know, almost died in the Holocaust with her sisters. You read Viktor Frankl, you read, right? The Our outside does not dictate our inside, but that's another outdated paradigm that we were raised in, right? When I finally get X, then I'll feel. What's going on outside of me is the indication of how I should feel inside of me. And what all of it is, is really an abdication of your power and a misunderstanding of what your, what the depth and the breadth of your inner power is, what mindset's really for, right? What, what healing your wounds is really about, what playing in the quantum is available and how that really, really is, is here for you to utilize in a practical way. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. 
I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. We're so often so focused on the busyness of life and the busyness of the day-to-day that we, we really don't take the time to reflect on how we're feeling and like getting truly in touch with ourselves. And I, I know for me, you know, everybody's different. Like how, how can they get back to that? And I know for me over the years, like I've struggled with meditation, like being able to like literally sit still as long as I feel like I should. I'm just, I'm, I know it's a practice that I could work on and a practice I could practice. <laughs> but for me, movement is actually a better way for me to be in touch. So like, I love yoga and have, I miss my teacher so much. I had the same teacher for years, but ended up moving away. And when I did that, I lost touch with her. But I remember, you know, one of my favorite positions is literally the easiest position, by the way. Uh, the, oh gosh, I can't even think of the right position right now. You literally just lay on the floor. Yeah, and, Shavasana. That's the best part at the end. <laughs> the end, right? <laughs> and I would remember 
I have the, you know, they have this practice where you're like supposed to breathe and really, really conscious of your breath. And like my favorite part was leaning into clearing your mind. And of course you have the fight with your mind every time you do this of like, okay, I'm going to think about nothing. Shit. I'm thinking about not thinking about nothing. And then it's like, you have this like banter going on, but when you can actually get there and like, you're truly in that fully calm space, I think it's interesting how you can like tap into your feelings in a way that, you know, previously that wasn't available to me. Like I, I just literally didn't know how to connect with that Mm -hmm. part of myself. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important that each of you listening, like, regardless of if you would consider yourself spiritual or not, I think it's important that we find ways to be more self-aware or get more in touch with our inner mm-hmm. being, your thoughts, your feelings, and finding the tool to get there is important. Yeah. So a couple things, your mind's never supposed to be clear and your thoughts are never supposed to stop. And that's the biggest misconception of meditation. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not, there is this, this really warped monk on a mountain, clear mind, quiet and clean is garbage. That is not, it's not, it's not real. It's not true. And if you learn from any really under, really studied meditation teacher, they would never direct that mm-hmm. because your heart beats and your eyes blink and your mind produces thoughts. That's mm-hmm. the deal. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. So the key and the intention of meditation, especially like when it's silent is to allow the observation of the thinking as you're sitting to go, Oh, isn't it interesting that my mind just went, what do I have to make for dinner? Come back to my breath. What time do I have to pick up the kids? Come back to my breath. Oh, I forgot to send that email. Come back to my breath, right? It is, it's almost like allowing your thoughts to move like the ticker tape on the stock market that just spins around mm-hmm. and around mm-hmm. and around. You can look at it like that. You can look at it like thought came, put it on a cloud, floated away. It's really the resistance to the thought is what makes the meditation feel so hard. When you sit and you breathe, and I start my clients that aren't familiar or comfortable with meditation on five minutes, and that five minutes goes by, they're like, oh my God, I could have sat there for 10. This is crazy, right? Because you're sitting and you're just breathing and you're allowing yourself to let the thoughts occur. And the only difference in meditation is you're not attaching to them and pulling down and becoming the thought. Mm. Right. So what am I going to do for dinner? Doesn't become, I got, what am I going to do for dinner? What did we do last night? Right. And then you start spinning. It's like, what am I going to do for dinner? doesn't matter right now. Back to my breath. What doesn't, right. And, and it's this like back, back. And, and what happens over time. And I experienced this for myself. I wasn't always a meditator was the gap that happens. You're going to find at some point you get up and you're like, Oh my God, like, I was in the consciousness just now, even if it's 10 seconds worth of time or 20 seconds worth of time, you're going to go like, I had no, I did have, no, you had thought you were just so dropped in that you weren't paying attention to what the thoughts were. That's the intention of meditation to find the gaps in those moments Mm -hmm. where you are just purely dropped into yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's extraordinary. No, I think that's an extremely actionable and helpful tip to think about it. Cause you know, I think, so often we attach ourselves to our thoughts must be productive too. Like not only do our bodies have to be productive, but like our thoughts have to be productive and useful. And 
I think oftentimes we like those moments when they're not the most, but we don't realize that that's why we love them because they weren't, it was like, I'm in the shower and it's just like this thought just like drifts in, drifts out. And like, we're not, we're not trying to turn it into something or do something with it. And whether you realize it or not, that's literally what you're talking about. Well, it's that's just- exactly it. Because <laughs> the idea that you stop your thinking is like saying, I can still live if I stop breathing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> right? It's yeah. like, oh, that was never the point. And that is why in the shower, it's, you know, we get great ideas in the shower or when you're driving, you're just like doing your thing. It's much more automatic pilot-ish in nature. Yeah. And right. you don't recognize, right? So yeah, that's the whole point. Okay, my mind, like my mind produces thoughts. That's what it does. It's it's thinking 60, 70,000 thoughts a day. You're not catching all that. The amount of bits per second that you're actually ingesting is like less than a fingernail's worth of how much is coming at you constantly. Oh, yeah. And there's so much we miss until we wake up and something else is important. And all of a sudden you realize all this other stuff's happening around you. And you're like, I think it was happening the whole time. And I just literally couldn't see it. Right. Cause you weren't focused on it. You weren't asking to see it. Yeah. It's bizarre. <laughs> it's it's well, been, that's, that's, but that's the magic of neuroscience. That's understanding, yeah. right? Like when you really understand your like oneself, you can human better. And that makes everything easier. Yeah. Especially when you're at the end of the day, like you only got one body. You only got one mind. You're it forever. People will come and go. Relationships will come and go. Your business will inevitably come and go. And like, you better love yourself a little bit more in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, when you said before, like, even if you're not spiritual, I'm not asking you to be spiritual. I'm asking you to stop screwing yourself over by denying the fact that you're energy. That's what I'm asking, right? Like your skepticism is part of the reason why you're so tight and constricted, right? And, and, and it's a masses thing. It's just realizing, wait, okay, fine. So if I took your hand and I put it under a microscope, I would end up, you know, going past the skin and the, and, 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 and the vessels and the blood and the bone it's cells. We're just cells. And if you're like, okay, fine, I'm willing to at least play with it for a little bit, you would be amazed. Oh, no, it's crazy. I the the neuroscience that's there the like, if you literally get into like, how human bodies function and nerves and I mean, all of it is extraordinarily fascinating, regardless of how, how much you lean into the science or into into the the woo as you said you hate <laughs> like whether regardless of which road you go down there's just so much to learn but i will say like the more conscious you become the subtle shifts that can happen like i find because of the years of practice even if i've claimed to not be good at it which i i probably don't give myself enough credit but i'll be like in the middle of the meeting and be like, I'm making a fist for literally no reason. And like, relax your fingernails and like, or fingers, not your nails, whatever. And you know, oh, I'm, I'm like tense. Like, so you're like letting your posture drop or relaxing your jaw or like, like all those things they go through. Like, I love the calm app and the like talk through every body part. Like, yes, you you'd be shocked at like all of the places you can hold tension and you're just 
carrying it with you all the time. And if you can include those practices to become more conscious of it, then letting it go, it becomes easier. And then being chiller and calmer and like prioritizing things in the order that makes more sense for you. Anyway, I could, I could talk about this all day. I'd love to talk, talk strategy to me. Okay. Like this sounds great in theory. I'm a, I'm loosely a believer, Tracy, like, Oh, I'm going to convert you. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have any objective other than to, other than to be of service. Truly. Sure. Okay. So someone's willing to entertain the idea that being looser, being easier, leaning into that self-reflection is helpful and worth it. But if this isn't something they've done before, this isn't a practice that they're used to, where do they even start? What are what are three to five things that they can just try that are easy and simple and actionable? Yay. I love this because being the how behind the hype is who I am as a person and as a brand, right? Because information without application is useless. Right? I completely agree. <laughs> so it's like, great. I don't need any more theory. Step one, make a real solid decision. If you don't decide, then you ride the fence and you won't show up for the other things I'm going to share. Right? Decision is belief. Decision is what sets off the trajectory of that which you decided and cuts off anything that is not that which you decided, right? So really a decision to say, I decided to see how easy it can get. I decided to see how good success can feel. I decided to let myself see how much fun I can have, whatever that statement is for you, right? But in the scope of easy and just like, I'm going to let myself exhale, right? So number one, you make the decision. Number two, we have to grow our ability to notice. So noticing is akin to raising your consciousness, is akin to gaining more self-awareness because you cannot shift or change what you do not notice. and The best way to notice is to learn how to interrupt your nervous system because the current you that's operating as a little bit of a jacked up, low acute, chronic stress version of yourself. (laughs) What do you mean, Tracy? What do you mean? Which is who I used to be. I was like mass. I was like level 25 control freak. One time I asked my now husband, who is my boyfriend, if he would give me a writing sample before I let him help me hand address envelopes for a party. Okay, let's talk about that version of me. Oh god. Like legit, he's like, oh babe, can I help you? Look, look, you've like a hundred envelopes to write down. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Here's a blank piece of paper. Would you just like write some write one of the addresses down? He looks at me and he goes, Are you honestly asking me for a writing sample right now? I was like, mm-hmm. He was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm going in the other room. But that's how I was crazy. I I, I made myself nuts. So We have to be able to build that notice muscle, which means we have to be able to interrupt our nervous system so that we can live more in a parasympathetic state, which is that rest and digest. It's that chill, calm, eased part of us. We're like, that feels good. Like the way you feel when you go to a spa, right? Like that kind of feeling is actually available to you all day, every day. You have to choose it. So how do we do that? We breathe. 
we have to breathe in a different rate, depth, and pattern than we've breathed before. So a super popular way of breathing, it's called box breathing, but I call it flagpole breathing because it's, I'm visual. So when I think of a box, it confuses me. But if you really think of it as a flagpole, like you take a deep breath in through your nose, make sure you're filling your belly. Like right now I just breathe and you didn't see my shoulders move because if you're breathing and your shoulders are moving, when you take a deep breath, you're actually igniting your upper lung. And that's where your sympathetic state is. That's where your panic attacks live. That's where your anxiety is, right? What we want to do is access our lower lung, which is where our parasympathetic state is activated. So you breathe into your belly, hold it, like breathe in for four, hold it for four, breathe out for four, chill and do that a few loops. Yeah. And you like, you're so relaxed. You're like, I could sleep. I could be aware of what I was just thinking. I can make a new choice. It really is the power center to Mm -hmm. anything else you want to do. Even your ability to to do effective mindset work is completely reliant on your ability to grow your notice muscle. Right? Yes, yes. So we decide, then we notice by interrupting and living more of our day in a parasympathetic chilled out state. And then step three is to start to really become aware of what you are thinking because your thinking is no question, zero gray, full stop, creating everything you're experiencing. So what do we do for that from a real how perspective? We start to write our thoughts down. You cannot chase your thinking and try to improve your thinking up in your head. It doesn't work. For you to be able to switch your thinking, you must already be in some level of practice and mastery, right? But when you're really doing the work, you decide, you start to notice. And let's just say you notice that you meant to go do something with your website, but then you were on Facebook and you were feeling good. And then all of a sudden you notice that your energy dipped. You pause and you breathe, and then you grab a pen and paper. And you write out what was going on in between your ears when your energy dipped. And you notice, I happened to see my colleague and I was comparing myself to her. Oh my God, that's so interesting. Right? And you just write down like, oh, she was doing this. The the curiosity is important there. Yeah. Of course. The curiosity. You go like, what was I thinking? Like everything starts and stops with the way you think. So you go up inside in between these your gorgeous ears, this tool that lives in your head, that's all that it is. And you start to jot out like, oh, I was thinking that, oh, my mind was thinking this and my mind was thinking this. And you have to do it non-judgmentally of yourself, right? So becoming that non-judgmental observer of yourself is essential too, because to write out your thinking and then beat yourself up for the way you're thinking is not helpful right? And then you shift your thinking to the other side of the page and you really think intentionally in alignment with what you want to feel or what you want to do or who you want to be at that moment. Those will be the top three things you must do. Well, thank you for that, Tracy. I know people are, they're going to have a lot of questions. They're going to want to ask you more about what this looks like and they're going to want to connect with you. So where can they find you online? thelitfactor.com and it's the lit with two t's so it's the l-i-t-t factor.com awesome well thank you so much for being here today i know you you brought my energy down to a calmer state so i appreciate that (laughs) which is a nice way to end my day thank you for being here and i appreciate you thank you so much i appreciate you looking to elevate your brand without the headache 
Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.